Welcome back to Other People's Lives. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, today I'm very excited for our episode because it features my favorite animal, a the, human. The dog. Oh yeah, the dog. The dog. Human's my favorite animal. Oh. No one says that. It's because it's a stupid answer. I'm kidding. I'm actually... I love dogs. I know you're a big dog person. Huge dog guy. And um, my fiance is going to be lucky if I don't come home after recording this with an adopted dog. Because, <laughs> like, talking about dogs, looking at pictures of dogs. Oh, I could do it all day. Being around other dogs. But it just gets me so in the mood to, to want to own my own dog. Dude, one, like, the first week I had my dog, I would just burst into tears, like, randomly. So, funny you say that. When we got this email, which... Uh, we got this email from, from a woman who uses a, a service dog. Let's just say this email came with some pictures attached to it and uh i almost lost it yeah i could see the pictures of the dog and the dog is i like i and, and we'll share some of these pictures on the instagram at opl podcast um for for this episode and and we got permission to do that but i mean oh it's like you know like household dogs and pets and the relationship and the bond that you can have mm-hmm. but even just seeing this picture and i don't even know the story yet but seeing this woman with this dog that clearly is doing more than just being a pet for her this is a service dog it's an emotional support animal um it is there to basically help her and and be with her at all times um you know especially especially through battling severe anxiety and depression and oh man stop why are you scrolling through these pictures i'm gonna I tear up seen these pictures <laughs> no it really um it really hits a, a sensitive spot, especially if you like dogs. So we'll definitely share that on the Instagram. Um, but I'm excited. I, I don't know much about service dogs. I've seen some service dogs yeah. um, out there. but um, I just came back from Disney, and there's like a whole bunch of service dogs down there, which I did not yeah. complain about. I'm all about the dogs. So I'm like, hey. I mean, it's a little. it sucks because you can't pet them, which is going to be one of my main questions here. Yeah, you can never pet a service dog. Yeah, it's like, which oh, makes working. sense. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not going to go up to like your coworker and start petting them. They're I've, working. I've, I've pet. You've, you've pet me. Okay, is this work? Yes. Are we doing eh, We're doing a service. It's I'd not say. about service. It's about yeah, we're at our jobs. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think, I think this will be, you know, an important conversation as well, I think, to, to learn about the life of a service dog and, and the relationship between the owner and a service dog. But, you know, also just, I think to dive a little bit deeper into things like anxiety and depression. Um, you know, I think obviously these things are, are so common and they, they mean different things for different people. Um, but you know, it's, it's obviously something that can have a crippling effect, uh, for a lot of people, um, including the guests that we're about to speak to. So, you know, just interested to hear, you know, this journey and, and how she ended up getting connected with this animal, this beautiful, awesome looking animal. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, you, you see dogs all the time and you, you do see service dogs, but you don't really know much about the process. Like, I'm just like, OK, I know like I, I don't really know what dogs are even capable of. Like, I feel like every time I see like Oprah, she's she's talking about this dog and it, it, and it like called 911 and shit. I'm like, how do how? Did it do this, you know? So I'm always just like curious as to what service dogs actually do besides just be like a awesome dog. Yeah. 
Yeah, and just I think it's it's a whole nother level of having a relationship. And the things like like you just said, like this dog saved its owner's life. This dog's owner passed away and the dog found its way to the grave every day for three years. Yeah, it's like yeah. there's such an emotional um connection, you know, between dogs and owners in some cases. Uh so super curious to hear. Love dogs. If you don't like dogs, I mean, is is there anyone out there who doesn't like dogs? Maybe if you're allergic, I don't know. <sighs> Sick freaks, probably. <laughs> yeah, we're very pro dog. Yeah, episode, we're very so. pro dog. Cats are cool too, but you know. Before we get to our call, let's get to our first sponsor for today. We have OpenFit. OpenFit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. And it's affordable and accessible. Like if you're going on vacation or you're worried that the hotel you're going and you're worried like the hotel doesn't have a gym or maybe you're just not comfortable going to classes yet for anything um, and, and working out with people, uh, you can do this in the comfort of your own home. Like I said, only 10 minutes a day. Uh, you could lose up to 15 pounds in just the first 30, 30 days if you do it the right way. Uh, so people are seeing real results with this. Um, but you can work out with amazing trainers like Andrea Rod- uh, Rogers, who is uh, the founder of the Worldwide Sensation Extend Bar. Um, it's a really cool service. Uh, you know, me and Greg, we've done a couple yoga classes on it because, you know, I'm not ready to get in there and, you know, get shown up by, you know, uh, like a 70 year old woman. Like I've seen it happen. Like they're, they're, they're flexible in there and I am not. So I'm not ready to get put to shame yet. Um, but yeah, if you want to try out open fit, uh, like I said, any workouts you want to do, it works on your web enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, even Roku. Uh, but yeah, so it's very accessible. Uh, go to open fit. Uh, it changed the way uh, people are working out. You can text our code OPL to 303030. Um, you can join in on the fitness journey personalized just for you. Uh, right now, during the Open Fit 30 Day Challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30 day free trial membership to Open Fit when you text OPL to 303030. Again, you get full access to Open Fit, all the workouts, nutrition information, totally free. Uh, all you have to do is text OPL to 303030. Standard message and data rates may apply. Hello? How you doing? You got Greg and Joe. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thanks for taking the time to jump on a call with us today. Oh, no problem. Cool. So, well, this is actually a different first question than I had, but I have to ask, is your dog with you now? Yeah, he's sitting next to me. Nice. And I realized we didn't in the intro say the name of your dog which is banjo which is an awesome name yeah he's named after the video game banjo kazooie Ooh, ah, classic 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 name. always like banjo better than sonic <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> um cool so we've got you and we've got banjo present for the call this is our first dog that we've ever had That's on true. the episode um but yeah to jump into it uh you know i think when, when you talk about anxiety and depression, I think it's it's something that a lot of people, I know including myself, um, including Joe, including a lot of the listeners of this show that we you know have, have dealt with in some way, shape, or form um, before. And just kind of curious, you know, for you, you know, dealing with uh, anxiety and, and depression, and I guess at, you know, a very severe level of it, um, what was kind of the you know, point where you realize an emotional support animal and, and service dog would be good for you? Um, so I went to a therapist 
for a while and it wasn't really helping so she was like okay well we will try you on meds to see how you do and I, I was kind of hesitant towards it because my family like has a history of anxiety and depression obviously and so my aunt is actually addicted to the medicine that they put her on so I was very hesitant in doing it because I know it can become addictive and I did not want that lifestyle it like has ruined her lifestyle and I'm not for that so I was really hesitant but I like talked to my doctor about it and we put me on something that was not I could not get addicted to it no matter how much I took it so I tried that for a while but it made me like really mellow so when I went to the therapist you have to have a psych test I don't know if you've ever had one but you go through these series of questions and how you answer them is dependent on where you fall on the scale of anxiety depression they're always linked together usually and she said that I had the highest anxiety that she's ever seen and so my body is at a such a high level anxiety all the time that I don't know what it's like to be normal So when I got put on the medicine, it made me feel like a zombie and I hated it. I was like, ah, this is not working. So she was like, well, the other thing that you can do is try for a service dog. Well, they're like $10,000, if not more, fully trained, everything. So she was like, we can start with an ESA because they can be any kind of dog. You just need a doctor's note. So that's where Banjo came in. I found him at a campground that we were at for the weekend, there was a car show there and somebody had driven up before the car show was the Friday before and they dropped him off. They pushed him out of their car and left and hoping somebody would pick him up. And so they told me that if no one picked him up that weekend that the car show was, they were taking him to the animal shelter. Well, the animal shelter there is like a very small, like old style animal shelter and he probably would have been euthanized. So I took him home, and that's kind of how I got him. Wow, so this was a dog that was abandoned, and you guys just kind of found each other by chance. Yeah, it's like one of those stories that, like, if you don't believe in a higher power, it's kind of, like, hard not to. <laughs> wow, so he wasn't a trained support dog at all when you found him? Did he? So no. was, he was just a random dog that came into your life. Um that you, I guess, turned into an emotional support dog or or went through training? Yeah, so he was 10 months old when I found him. And he had been wandering the campground and he was like with different families. And this family pulled up to our campsite in a golf cart and Banjo was following behind them. I was like, oh, is this your dog? Because he's a blue healer mix and blue healers are one of my favorite breeds. And they were like, no, he's been hanging around the campground. And so I was like, well, I'm taking him home. Like I was looking for a dog anyway, so I was going to take him home. And then, um, he kind of just fit the job. Like he was very shy and like closed off from people. He didn't really trust me at first. And so when he became like more out of a shell, like you could see his demeanor was like, it fit him perfectly. He was so calm and almost immediately he picked up on like my anxiety. I have night terrors a lot. So he would just by himself jump on my bed and wake me up. So he kind of just trained himself. I know that sounds dumb, but he really did. No, I mean, you know, I I was just saying before we called, like, 
I, I see videos of dogs and it's, it's I, I'm surprised every single time of the things that they're capable of. And you just hear new stories of them like just doing in these incredible like and heroic things. And you're like, how does a dog know to do that? And it, it might just be innate in some of them. And it, and it seems like you, you got one that just kind of understands you and you guys just like kind of found each other at the right moment. Um, so he, he kind of taught himself, but did you ever go out of your way to, uh, try to train him in ways that you may have researched or something? Yes. So I watched a lot of YouTube videos of like anxiety dogs cause they know deep pressure therapy. So I watched a lot of YouTube videos on like how to train them. My dad has, and I've grown up in, um, the pet industry. My dad owned his own business for 35 years in the pet industry. So I've been around animals my entire life. And so when I was a kid and we had my like childhood dog, I like trained him how to jump over jumps and do crazy stuff in the backyard. Like, oh, obedience wow. So training. like you can really train a dog. And I mean, kind of like Vance was very well trained and I spent a year and a half every day of my life training him. Hmm. Also, what's um, you said deep pressure therapy. What, what does that mean exactly? So anytime that I'm having an anxiety attack or one is coming on, then Banjo will either, if I'm sitting, he'll lay on my lap or if I'm like laying down, he'll lay on my chest because a lot of times like during anxiety attack, I don't know how severe like or what other people feel. It's different for everybody, but a lot of times during anxiety attacks, it feels like my chest is like caving in and so it gets really, it feels like somebody's sitting on my chest. So Banjo will come and lay on me and it gives like meaning to why there's huh. pressure in my chest other than just, you know. Mm. Wow. Um, I've, I've seen too, like one, one thing I've seen, I know in like a lot of um, like military vets that come back or have PTSD and end up getting matched up with like emotional support dogs. And I've seen some videos too. It's like, it's, it's almost like the second the person's like disposition starts to change or a heart rate changes or they start sweating. It's like the dog could come from across the room and just know like, okay, now is time to sit with my owner, sit on their lap, let them pet me. It's like, where does that come from? Like, I wonder that, that connection where, you know, like you said, like night terrors or a panic attack coming on, like, is it a call that you do to have them come over or does Banjo just, begin to sense it on his own um so i've noticed a lot like if i bite my nails a lot i do it when i'm nervous so bandro has picked up on that like instead of letting me bite my nails he makes me pet him like he'll nudge his nose under my hands and stuff to make me pet him and he does it to everybody like it's something that if he wants attention so obviously like he is not a service dog 24 7 I mean he is but he is allowed to be a dog like that is like my number one thing with him is I let him be a dog and I let him have time off because just like us like he doesn't want to work all the time it's so emotionally straining on him to have to perform his job like if he's worked all day he's gone everywhere with me um, he is like drained physically mentally because it's so much that he has to think about so there's at least one or two days a week that he doesn't have to work at all. He's just a dog. We to go to the dog park. We hang out at home. Like, but he still picks up on it. And so, um, yeah. So he like, he does 
pick up on other people's anxieties too. And so I think it's just a trait that he has. I'm not. Yeah. Um, so like you're allowed to, how did you, how did he become like an official service dog? Like, do you have to, uh, you know, sign him up for something or does he need to pass some test or something? Like, I don't even know the, the process. So that is what makes having a service dog so hard because there is no national registry for it. So you could go and get your, your dog a vest and say that they're a service dog and nobody can question you. There's only two questions that a business can ask you when you walk in is if the animal is a service dog and what has he trained to be to do. So he has to have a task. So like Banjo, he's a medical alert dog is what I tell people because it's easier than explaining like deep pressure therapy and stuff. And so you can pass any dog off as a service dog. You don't need a doctor's note. You don't need any kind of registration number, anything like that. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and so, yeah, that brings, I think, us to a big question is there's obviously a lot of people who fake this. I mean, um, we were we were just talking to a friend before this call who had, like, worked in restaurants, and we mentioned that we were talking to you, and he said, like, I so many dogs come into this restaurant and I just like, you can't do anything about it, but you know, is the Chihuahua that's in, you know, a Chanel purse at like this fancy restaurant, really a service dog. And why are you like the 10th person today to say, Oh, this is a service dog. So you can't kick me out. Like people are clearly using this to just, I guess, bring their pets into places. Um, and I think on top of that, I know it's, it's almost reached a place in media where people are kind of criticizing it or maybe think like it's become extreme. I'm thinking of a video where I know someone had like an emotional support, like horse or like mini horse on a plane with them. And (laughs) that video, you know, got out and people are like, okay, this is ridiculous. Now you can't just bring a horse onto a plane, but you know, whether it's real in those cases or not, does that make it harder for you? Or do you face any sort of criticism when you go out? Because maybe people, don't actually believe that Banjo's a service dog? Uh, yes. So Banjo's been working for almost three years now, and I could not tell you a time that, like, even my friends, like, doubt it sometimes because he's so different when he's working, when he has his vest on. Like, he knows that he's working, and he has to behave. And so there's our whole journey together. People have doubted us, so it doesn't really bother me anymore. Um, but... Like, I remember when I first got Banjo, my stepdad was not all for it. He thought that I was, like, being ridiculous and that anything that I, like, I make it up in my brain and all of this stuff, like, it is mentally, obviously, but, like, it's something that I can't help. At this point, the chemicals in my brain react differently than a normal person's. That, And so he was one of the people that, like, it hurt when he was doubtful of it. Yeah, no, I, I, I could imagine a lot of people, you know, just, just doubting that. But, you know, you mentioned that you were the highest level of anxiety on, on the psych test that you took. So we're talking severe here. So like, what are some of the things you dealt with day to day? Like what, what were you kind of prohibited from doing because of your anxiety and your depression? And, you know, what are the things that banjo has been able to 
help you do that you couldn't do before uh, having him? So before I was, so I was in college when I got him and obviously college is very stressful. I got him between like, I was there for five years. So I got him between like my second and third year of being there. And by that point, like I wasn't going to class. I didn't want to do anything with my friends. Like I was sleeping 20 to, you know, 18 to 20 hours a day just from being so depressed. And so the only times that I ever went out was with my friends when they drug me out. So when I got Banjo, he made me get out of bed. Like he was depending on me to go outside. He was depending on me to be fed. So it was more of like a, just having someone depend on you and you have to get out of bed for him, like helped me a lot. And so even like now I'll get to the point where, I mean, I work seven days out of the week usually. And so the days that I do have off, I just want to sleep, but I make myself take him to the park or I make myself go on a hike. Like I do something so I don't fall into the trap of like depression. Do you think that the, like that plays a bigger role in your recovery? I guess we can call it your recovery in a way um, more than, you know, the deep pressure therapy that he also provides, or is it just, the responsibility of I know my dog that's trying to help me is depending on me. So I need to get up. I need to get out and move around and that can kind of like take your mind off things. Do you think that plays a bigger role than the deep pressure therapy or is it kind of like even in that sense? Um, it probably plays a bigger role just because I deal with that part of it more than um, panic attacks because panic attacks don't happen near as often as they did. I used to be really bad, but now they've kind of, they've gotten better just because I know my, like, what's going to happen. I know my symptoms more now that I've been paying attention. And, um, but I think it's more of like, he wants to go on a walk. He wants to go do something. He's a very active dog. So if he is not working, like he wants to be doing something. Right. Would you, I don't mean this to sound funny, but I mean, would you say Banjo's your best friend? Oh, absolutely. He goes everywhere with me. The only place that he is currently not allowed to go to is my work. But, and I could take him to the work, but the work that I do right now, um, I work for a CRO company. And so, like, I don't want to expose him to things that are hazardous to him. Like, I have PPE, but there, he doesn't. You know what I mean? You're going to have to explain uh, those acronyms to us. We're looking very <laughs> confused right now. CRO, PPE. So a CRO company is a contract research organization. So it's a pharmaceutical research company, basically. So we develop, we're the first and the last step before a drug is approved onto the USDA. Interesting. Okay. So yeah. PPE is personal pr protection equipment. Oh, Okay. That's yeah, probably, yeah so, it's probably not the place you want the dog. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, like, I, he's, I deal with, like, rats and rabbits and mice, so yeah. I'll go back there. Well, so you're around animals all day, too. Oh, yeah. How old is Banjo? He will turn 5 November 17th. Two days after my birthday. Nice. Wow, look at nice. that. Nice. <laughs> if anyone wants to get me a present, now it's out there. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> 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 um what i want to ask too so like i think the the deep pressure is really interesting um what are other i guess you could say like skills that he has like just day-to-day -day, daily life 
you know, he's with you everywhere. So what are, what are some things that, you know, you use him for or that he specializes in? Um, so he can bring me anything like keys, his leash, his vest. Um, if he's really paying attention, he's like really smart. Because I think because we talk to him so much, like he's a person, I know it sounds dumb, but like, he's really smart. If I'm reading like a book all day or something, I'm like, Hey Banch, can you go get my book? He will literally go in my room and go get it. What? Yeah. It happened one day. Somebody didn't believe me. I was like, Banjo, can you go get my book? And they're like, he's not going to do it. And he comes like running out with my book. They're like, what? That's incredible. Wow. (laughs) Do you think um, that you will ever get to a point where you may not need the dog to go out and do just regular mundane things? Like, do you think that, you know, he's helping you get to a point where, uh, you know, eventually you won't necessarily need him uh, to be there for everything? Um, I hope so, because it is hard to take him places and just it's like one extra step to my daily routine. But I've kind of weaned myself off. Like I can obviously now I can go to work by myself like I don't need him. But like I started by when I went to the gas station, I didn't take him in. He stayed in the car or when I went to Walmart, like he stayed in the car, stuff like that. Like I eased myself into being away from him just because when he was with me everywhere in college, like I, the dog walked across stage with me when I graduated, like he went everywhere with me. I'm glad you so, brought that up because that's one of the pictures you sent and, and one that, you know, we definitely want to post for the listeners that picture is it's incredible. Like you on stage graduating, um, you know, with Banjo right, right by your side. And he looks like proud too. Like maybe I'm reading into this too much, <laughs> but oh my God, like that picture, seriously, I like start to choke up when I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it right now. I don't know why. Let me not do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow. It's just that the relationship seems so strong. And and speaking about graduating too, you said you got him kind of in the middle of college. Like, would you say because of him, you were able to, you know, get yourself to the point of, of graduating? Uh, absolutely. Cause wow. I was failing before I got him, I was failing out of college. Like I was like, well, I'm packing my bags like I'm going home. I went six hours away from home to go to college. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go home. Like there's no point in staying in college if I'm just going to fail out. And then I got him and like my grades started to like skyrocket. Like I went back to having A's and B's again. And um, he went everywhere. Like he went to all my classes. My math teacher one day, we were walking out of class and this was probably two months into like going to class I was walking out of class and she was like have you always had that dog I was like yes he's been here every day because it was an everyday math class and she was like I didn't even know he was in here ever I was like well that's good so I didn't even like I there are some places that I don't even realize that you're allowed to bring like service dogs in a way oh one question I wanted to ask you so you're like never allowed to pet a service dog why is that Uh, because it distracts him so in Banjo's case, if like people start petting him, then he looks for everybody to pet him. He's like, oh yeah, this is a great game. Like I love yeah. this. <laughs> and so it distracts him from working. He doesn't really, ow, Banjo. And he doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> he was like laying on me and then he wanted to go over on the other side. But um, so it distracts him more. I will say the only place that Banjo, like I just lose hope and like people not petting him is the bar. 
because people start getting drunk and they think it's the best thing ever that there's a dog there. Oh man, I'll tell you right now. That's me. <laughs> if I'm at a bar and there's a dog, I'm like, oh my God. I had a really weird experience once at a, at a bar, but it wasn't even a service dog. But the girl looked at me like I like like picked up her baby. <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, what's his name? No, I, no I, I walked over and I was like, oh my God, that's such a cute dog. And then I looked at its collar and it said, I, I forgot what name it said, but I said the name out loud. And she goes, how do you know my name? And I was like, what? And then there was like this weird moment, because she I because her the dog's name was on the other side. Oh, it was her it was name. her name and her number on it. So I was like, oh, uh, like whatever the fuck, I don't even know, but like Michelle or something. I thought, like, and then in my head I was like, why would you name a dog Michelle? But I was like, oh, Michelle, and she's like, what? I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, how'd you know my name? I was like, oh no, I thought that was the dog's name. It was weird, dude. It was super weird. That's weird. funny. Does he does he wear the service dog vest everywhere when he's out? Like even if you bring him to a bar? Uh yeah. So they don't service dogs don't technically need to wear a vest when they go places. It just helps in recognizing them. You can go in there without one and be like, Oh, he's a service dog. But it's just easier when he has a vest on because like people don't ask so many questions. But at a bar, like we uh we just went out on Friday, I think, last Friday. All bets off. Like <laughs> he was laying under the table and people would pass by and like see because he always is supposed to lay like where he's facing a door so the door was behind me and he was laying so his face was like facing it and so everybody walked by and they would see his head sticking out of the table and they're like oh my gosh and they pet him at that point i don't care like they're drunk i'm not gonna try and like fight them about petting my dog like whatever yeah yeah that's crazy though like it's it's crazy to me like how you can train a dog that way like where now he knows to always sit facing a door um what are some other things like that just like general i don't know what to call it like tactic or like you know like like banjo out in public like what are some things he's always doing you know like what's he always Uh, like alert and aware of um so actually one of my friends we just went to the bar like and that was the first time that any of like because it's like my newer friends that I just met at work. I've, I started working there in January and one of them mentioned something to me. And like, I guess I don't notice it anymore because I am around him all the time and see him work all the time. But whenever we're in public, he's always like looking at me. He'll always like scan the room and then he'll look at me and then he'll scan the room and then he'll look at me. And they were fascinated by that. Oh, wow. So he's just, yeah. Wow. He's just like hyper aware. Oh, yeah, all the time. That's why it's so stressful for him to be in public because he has to think so much more. Like, he has to know if anybody, like, walks up to the table, if they approach from behind, then he'll nudge me on my leg to make sure I know somebody's walking up. Oh, wow. Wow. And How did you train uh, him to do these yeah, things? Yeah, that's so fascinating. He, I guess he learned that, like, if somebody walks up behind me and, like, just starts talking, it, like, throws me through a loop. I'm like, whoa. And so I think, like, he's realized that, like, oh, this gives her anxiety. Like, oh, this does. And, like, uh, he, oh, so when we're going to bed, he'll lay on my bed when I'm first going to sleep. And then once I'm asleep, he'll jump down. He'll usually lay in front of my door. So that way nobody can come in without him knowing. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Man, dogs are so smart, dude. No, because <laughs> I was just thinking that, too, how everyone... It's so easy for people to say, like, dogs are so dumb, like, cats are so smart and, like, methodical, but, like, dogs, they just get happy all the time, or, 
you know, you could be gone for eight hours and you come home and they think like you had just left, but like, no dogs are smart. Yeah, dude. They are. Training is crazy. That is wild. Well, I, I mean, that's, that's really cool to hear. You know, like I, it's man, that's my favorite animal. I love dogs so much. I'm just having a moment, but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that like, do you, do you, do you think that, cause I'm, I'm going back to, cause there was a time in my life where I, I, I had some, some pretty bad anxiety too. And I flirted with the idea of getting a, a service dog, but you know, one of the concerns that kind of, um, you know, that I was thinking about was, you know, obviously dogs have a certain lifespan. And I thought like this would kind of add to that. I mean, that's a bad way of thinking about it, but you know, dogs have a shorter lifespan than humans. So, uh, you know, at, at the point that a dog passes away, like at that point, like what happens? Like, and I was worried that, you know, you get, uh, or a worry that I was like thinking of and just like creating in my head is like, you become too reliant on this specific dog. Like, is that something that you've, you've thought about? And that's kind of why I asked that question before of like, you know, and, and you gave a perfect answer, honestly, where you're saying you kind of wean yourself off of it. You don't want to be too reliant. You keep them in the dog, you keep them in the car. Uh, you know, you can go to work without them. Like, is, is that something you thought about? Like, w- would it be, um, would you think about getting a new dog afterwards or would it just be, you know, this dog is going to just dedicate its life and, and, you know, you you hope by the time that, you know, his, his time comes and he passes away that you'll be, you know, a much, in a much better place. Um, I will, I hope that I'll always have like a dog that can help me in that way because I it's so uncertain like my future of anxiety and depression like is so uncertain that like I would be afraid that if I didn't have one that I would fall back into my older teens right so I don't know what I would do like I joke all the time when Banjo's like being an idiot or like being a goofball that like I'll sell you on the black market but really (laughs) I don't know what I would do without him so yeah it's 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 just like it's it's because I'm thinking about like how even more wild this would be if that when he passes away you're fine, and yeah. it's like wow, you know, like a dog did that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's I know it's tough to think about. It's I think I think that alone gives so many people pause to to getting a pet or getting a dog just yeah. to begin with, especially if they've like been through it before. I know to get another dog is so hard just because it is the reality of it. So, um, you know, you're obviously using your dog for much more than just a kind of household pet. Um, and I also think that like what you said before is, is very interesting too, because I've always been a firm believer in that. And I think that's what got me out of my, uh, anxiety. I mean, I have a dog now, but I think that at the time I didn't have a dog and, just getting out and doing things and having then just like making like I would make fake responsibilities for myself like oh I got to go out and do this thing or you know whatever just having things to do kind of to take your mind off of it and add a schedule in your life it does a lot for your anxiety and and there's no better way to do that than you know having a dog because it, there does come responsibility and then also they're just dogs like they're cute and they're <laughs> you know they're great so uh yeah I, I totally understand what you're saying and like you know it, it just adds you know a structure to your life and it's hard to picture life without a dog when you've owned one before. Hmm. Yeah. That's I think that's why college was so hard because I didn't have a dog for a long time. Like my horse was at school. So, I mean, that was fine, 
but I didn't have a dog. Like my childhood dog passed away when I was in high school and then I left for college and my horse went with me, but like a horse is different from not a dog. Wait, you could bring a horse to college? (laughs) Yeah. How did you bring a horse? (laughs) What what is happening? How did you bring a horse to college? Um, so, I mean, I went to a huge, that's what I actually graduated college with. I graduated in equine science, which is horses. And so I went to a really big college that had a huge equine program. And so my horse was actually on all four teams that the school offered. So other students would ride him and he would show around the country at the different, it was part of a IHS, or wait, no international intercollegiate horse so horse show association wow that was hard that's a mouthful Um, wow (laughs) yeah so he would travel around the country and show in those shows you're like an animal whisperer yeah what this is (laughs) i want a horse (laughs) that'd be awesome that sounds like too much responsibility a horse yeah Yeah, they're really expensive don't do that oh (laughs) yeah but yeah so do you have any advice for Anyone listening who, you know, maybe experiencing, you know, severe levels of anxiety and depression who have maybe dabbled with the idea of getting an emotional support animal or maybe haven't, but this is, you know, kind of opening their eyes to the possibility because it does seem like something that is accessible um, to people. So is there any advice to kind of get started or, or how they could even start that process? Um, so what I would say is like, don't listen to the people that doubt you like if you're able to even if you want to get a shelter dog like you can make it into an emotional support animal I can't say that you can make it into a service dog because that requires so much and um but service dogs are so expensive so like why not try and train your own that's what I did I could not afford to have an actual service dog so I worked my ass off to be able to get one and I'm not saying it's for everybody. Like, when me and Banjo were first working in public, he was, like, so embarrassing. Sometimes I would just, like, be like, oh, God. And even now, like, today, the other day we went to Target, and you know, like, those fuzzy pillows? hmm Sure. He thinks they're animals every single time. <laughs> and so it's, like, those are the things that you have to work through. And there's certain things that you cannot prepare your dog for. You can, I, like, when I was first training him, I took him to places that usually allow dogs. So, pet stores, Lowe's, um, I can't think of, there's others around that allow dogs, Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's does. And, like, I worked with him in there, made sure that he still had his obedience, made sure that, um... Sorry, he sees something outside and he's freaking out. I love and that he's part of this uh, yeah. this conversation right now. Yeah, I don't know what he sees, but he's like freaking out. Banjo hush. And um, so they, if you're training your own dog, they will do embarrassing things. Like there is nothing that you can do that prepares your dog to see a giraffe at the zoo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because I sent you guys a picture of Banjo. And he's standing up against the rocks, and he has a backpack on, and I th- and that is a picture of him squaring up to a jaguar at the zoo. Like, <laughs> yeah, we see it now. <laughs> it was awful. There was a jaguar like on sitting up on that one of the rocks, and he's like ready to fight it. I was like, y- <laughs> you are so lucky. There's glass between this. 
Wow. So just, just to clear up too, cause I think I'm starting to understand it now. So an, an emotional support animal is different. Yeah. So what's, what's like the definition of emotional support animal and then the exact definition of like a service dog compared to that, just to clear that up. So emotional support animals are protected under the fair housing act. So they're allowed to live wherever you live, even if your landlord says you can't have a dog or apartment complex, whatever. They're allowed to live there, and they're allowed to fly on planes with you, Mm -hmm. which I feel like that one's a little sketchy. Like, I feel like not all dogs can fly on a plane. Like, Bandra's never flown on a plane. As Mm -hmm. trained as he is, like, I don't know if I'll ever put him in that situation. But you also have to have a doctor's note to have an ESA. A service dog has to be trained for a certain task for a certain person okay so and then that's like where the therapy dog falls into as well there's trained therapy dogs that provide a service to multiple people that's why they go to schools nursing homes hospitals so it's like more specialized and specifically trained okay which is what you what you did yourself all those years to to have banjo become a service dog yes wow all right I understand that. I really want a dog. And uh, <laughs> I, I almost wanted to just be like, can you put Banjo on the phone? <laughs> that probably wouldn't do any good, but. That's so funny. Banjo, if you can hear us, uh, you're amazing. You're great. And adorable. <laughs> He's the best. I don't know what he sees outside, but. I think that, you know, we got a lot of information and we, we know a little more about, you know, what life is like with a service dog. So we appreciate you coming on and talking to us tonight. Oh, no problem. All right. Have a good one. You too. Before we get to our final thoughts, we do have a couple more sponsors. Did you guys know there's a company out there making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles, and they're crazy comfortable and fully machine washable? Um, Seriously, it'll blow your mind that Rothy's is making these shoes from repurposed plastic water bottles. And it's amazing. I mean, the sustainability, um, they've turned over 35 million water bottles from landfills. into super stylish kind of everyday shoes for life on the go um amazing amazing company and uh they're stylish they're comfortable we actually got a pair each for my fiance for your girlfriend um they love them they said super comfortable um they have a bunch of like fun playful designs if you want to add some pops of color uh, if you just want an everyday shoe um they have over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews. So people love this product. Um, I know they sell out all the time when they come out um, with new designs. And yeah, it's it's amazing, um, you know, what they're doing for the environment at the same time. Yeah, I was going to say, it's also just like a bonus that they're like kind of changing the world here. They're, you know, like you said, 35 million water bottles from landfills already. Um, you guys can check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash OPL. Um, again, that is rothys.com, spelled R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash O-P-L to get your new favorite flats. Okay, girls? Uh, comfort style, sustainability. Um, these are the shoes you've been waiting for. Again, that is rothys.com slash O-P-L. All right, now that we've uh, read our sponsors, uh, we'll get to our final thoughts. Uh, how did you feel about Banjo? Oh, man. No, I I love Banjo. I know. You have a very it's, deep connection with Banjo. <laughs> I don't know why. I The name Banjo is great, but... Yeah, no, this man, dog just, is fucking 
cute as hell too. It really dude. is, and a cool looking dog. Like yeah. this is a dog you can run around and play with. It's like this it's like a handsome dog. Yeah, he's a handsome guy. Handsome yeah, he dog. is very handsome. We're, we're gonna post this on the uh, on the Instagram. You guys so don't are in worry. for a treat. Um, love dogs, but no, I just think like for me, it just like pulls at my heartstrings a little bit. I think one because the dog has so clearly had an effect on her like mm-hmm. we can't brush over the fact she said on on the test she took just how severe her anxiety and depression was at a time so i can really only imagine you know what she went through and the fact that she almost wasn't able to complete college like that you know there's there's a severe level of uh anxiety she's dealing with there so to know that this dog has had such a positive effect on her already you know that that tugs at the heartstrings a little bit and then also just like the genuine moments like you just hear her talking like hey band stop band hush like man imagine be going everywhere with your dog like everywhere like that bond and relationship it's like dude like i mean human relate human to human relationships like it's it's tough to even begin to approach that level of you know knowing someone so well so it's it's just really cool to to see that to get a glimpse of that yeah it's just like i don't know and, and for those who, who never like dealt with anxiety the fact that she had severe severe anxiety and is now able to just go to work and be cool about it you have no idea what kind of accomplishment that is like that is gigantic uh for people because you know there's been people in my family there's been moments in my life and i know numerous people who've had very bad anxiety and, and they can't do anything mm-hmm. like there there's moments where they're afraid to shower alone you know like it, it gets that like that wild when you're like have severe severe anxiety um so yeah. the fact that you know a dog can just like do that is it's it's awesome man it's yeah like, and cool. i think like the specialized approach like this isn't you know, just, just to really learn and understand, because there is a lot of criticism out there. There there are a lot of people who are, you know, turning animals into emotional support um, animals to maybe just get them into an apartment building that doesn't allow animals right. and things like that. Like, that obviously does go on. But to really understand some of the training behind this and that, that you can be specialized, you know, I, I can only imagine. And And like you said, like, I'm not pretending to have ever felt you know, any severe level of like anxiety or depression. But I remember the very first time, like anxiety truly hit me. And I was like walking to the train with my fiance, who was my girlfriend at the time. And like something just washed over me and I could not like get on the train. I think we got on the train. It went one stop. I could not pinpoint like what was causing this. And I had to get off the next stop. Mm -hmm. And I was like, flustered anxious i was like angry at myself i was embarrassed but it was just you know just one of the the few moments where i've experienced like just how strong and how much of a grip you know anxiety can have over you so like you said to to have it at such a severe level day to day um it it's you know it is amazing to hear the things that she she accomplished and you know even just getting on the phone with us and and you know telling telling that story yeah for sure um cool all right guys um if you have anything that you think fits for the show uh definitely don't hesitate to hit us up go to oplshow.com slash contact send us an email if it works we'll uh hit you up and we'll schedule schedule you in 
Yes, and check out the Instagram at OPL Podcast. We've got video clips. We've got photos of banjo. Yes. Uh, we're going to post that graduation picture too, which, oh man, still gets me every time. Um, so definitely uh, let us know what, what you think about banjo. And uh, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Yep, and that is all. See you guys next time. Mm-hmm.